Thanks for listening to Louder Vision, the podcast for all you creative people out there. I'm your host, filmmaker and artist, Laura Mioli. And if you want to find out more about me and get creative tips and inspiration, you can visit loudervision.com. And you can connect with me on social media, Instagram, Twitter, or Facebook at Loudavision. If you want to hear all new episodes before anyone else, join my exclusive email list. And I'll put a link in the description so you can just go to loudavision.com. Before we meet today's guest, I want to tell you about something I've created just for you. It happens all the time as photographers and web designers. We're sorting through hundreds of shots trying to get that perfect photo. Even the most experienced photographers sometimes none of those shots work from a shoot. So I just want to share with you the magic that is Photoshop. Even if you've never used Photoshop before, or maybe you have, but you could use a few pointers. I definitely want to recommend my Photoshop crash course. It's absolutely free. I'm teaching a few basic tricks that will help take your shots from pedestrian to pro, whether it's concert photos, travel pics, or a selfie that you need for your LinkedIn page solve some very common problems with my easy to learn tricks. It's free. Just go to lauramioli.com slash freebie and sign up for this free tutorial. Again, lauramioli.com slash freebie. Okay, here we go. Here's my guest, Myra Ramales, music lover, photographer, journalist, and creator of thesoundlive.com. She's also on Facebook and Instagram at The Sound Live, and I'll put all the links in the description below. Thank you for coming, Myra. Thank you for having me. <laughs> Awesome. So tell me about thesoundlive.com and everyone that's listening. Yeah. So thesoundlive.com is a music website. It's for journalists and photography lovers who really want to get, you know, their first experience into like concert photography. And so really what the purpose is like giving photographers their first shot and opening up the ground for them to, you know, go out and shoot these, whether it be like big artists or a local artist, and having them build their portfolio. So it really is a big part for writers and photographers, but then it's also a big part for local artists. So if a local band wants to, you know, share their music, they'll mm -hmm. contact me and we'll write something up and they'll get to share it. And it means a lot for, you know, the local scene, the underground scene mm -hmm. to help each other. Um, both the writers and the photographers and the musicians and like we kind of feed off of each other. Um, I have about five other photographers mm -hmm. who contribute to the website and you know we just get them into all of these shows, get them the experience to really build their portfolio and hopefully you know get a job afterwards. Mm -hmm. Yeah and then the bands really the point is to give them a boost, you know, because yeah. it's so hard for media's, media websites to want to cover these bands, mm -hmm. you know. So if there's like a local website that's willing to give you some time and like share your work and stuff mm -hmm. like that, it it means something. And then they get to share that around. Yeah. And um, and you don't yeah. need a record label or an agent. No, no. What made you start this great platform? Because you're pretty young. How yeah, old are you? I'm 21. Oh, yeah. baby. <laughs> I know. <laughs> yeah. So I started doing this when I was 18 years old. Mm -hmm. And I first started doing it for three other websites. Okay. Uh, one of them was tristateindie.com. Mm -hmm. The other one was nextmosh.com. And the other one was metalmachine.net. Mm -hmm. And really through them, I began my own portfolio. Yeah. So they gave me that opportunity to kind of like show them my skills and, mm -hmm. you know, go out and photograph these artists. But hold on. How did you get those opportunities? Oh, so while I was at LaGuardia Community mm -hmm. College, um, I was in this special program called ASAP. And mm -hmm. it was they were starting this like journalism like newspaper and they wanted students to pitch ideas. Okay. And I always wanted to do like a music blog or something like a music side on any newspaper yeah. that would give me the time of day. And I approached the the director who was in charge of that. Mm -hmm. His name is David Turcott. And he was so nice. He was like Actually, I do concert photography, mm -hmm. so we'll talk after. Oh. And I just kept in touch with him, 
And I told him that, like, you know, I shared my dreams. And I was like, you know, since I was little, I wanted to do uh, music journalism mm -hmm. and work for, like, a magazine or something. And he's like, I could get you something. And he had a friend in nextmosh.com. Mm -hmm. His name is Johnny. And he spoke to him, and he gave me a shot. And then his friend, uh, I forgot the director's name, but mm -hmm. she runs Tri-State Indie. And he's been friends with both of them for yeah. years. And he's like, you know, I have this student. She's really, like, interested in this. Mm -hmm. Will you give her a shot? And they were like, sure. And I just submitted, like, sent them some shows that I wanted to do, mm -hmm. that I wanted to cover. And I got in, and that's how I started doing it. So yeah. it was an internship? Um, it wasn't necessarily an internship. It was more like, I want to say, like, the first time that I did it, they mm -hmm. wanted to see, like, how I did. Okay. And if they liked it. A they trial. Would, yeah. Mm -hmm. They would let me keep on doing it. And they liked it. And so I just stayed for about eight months. Mm -hmm. And then throughout that whole time, you know, I really appreciated them letting me, like, build my portfolio and, yeah. like, get the experience. Because... It's so different, right? Like if you just attend a concert, but then when you go and photograph a show, yeah, it's that's like, amazing. yeah, completely different uh, just process of yeah. going in. And so after that, I knew that I really wanted my own thing. Like mm -hmm. I always want, I always knew that I don't want to go to someone and submit for shows through someone else. Like I want to be the one who decides yeah. who I want to see. And when I want to see them, because the way it works is that they have other photographers. Mm -hmm. So if someone submits first, you don't get to go. Oh. Yeah. So it's like... It's a com competitive field. Yeah. yeah. So like if I heard about a show, I'd be like, hey, I want this show. Like, Wait, so you're getting into free concerts? Yeah. That's amazing. Yeah. That is a good... <laughs> no, I'm not going to say scam, <laughs> but it feels a little like a scam because it's something so fun. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it is. It's like... You go and you get to be so close to the artist mm -hmm. and sometimes you get to interview them if there's wow. time and if mm -hmm. there's an offer. So you get to meet these people and it's just really, really fun. It's an experience. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's awesome. Mm -hmm. And so you were sick of working for other people. Um, <laughs> well, it was more like I want to be my own boss. Yeah. Uh -huh. Uh -huh. That's the <laughs> nice way to say that. Yeah. Well, mm -hmm. so... Yeah, I just went, and it really was, like, a quick idea uh -huh. when I, you know, began the soundlife.com. Mm -hmm. I was, like, it was lingering in my mind for about a month, and then I was, like, okay, I have to do it now. And it was just yeah. impulsive. I came up with the name in, like, mm -hmm. five minutes, and I had just met this guy. He was a web designer. Mm -hmm. I met him at some show that I had just photographed. Mm -hmm. And he was, like, hey, if you want a website or you have, you know, people who want one, let me know. Yeah. I was like, okay, perfect, because I want one. Yeah. And he was so nice. He just really quickly got me going. Um, I came up with the way that I wanted it to look. Mm -hmm. I came up with the logo. Um, I came up with the name and just everything that I wanted to be featured on it. Mm -hmm. The um, branding. Exactly. Mm -hmm. And so, yeah, we just got to it. And within a week, I had it. And yeah. I... Asked all the other websites if I, they would let me take my stuff and have mm -hmm. it be like the first things that I post on and, and the, on there, and they were like, "Sure." Oh, that's great. Yeah. So they they gave me that opportunity to like take my work and post mm -hmm. it up there, and afterwards I just started submitting, and you know, little by little I got approved to more and more shows, and yeah, it just kept on growing. So what's that process like to submit? So who are you asking? Right. So I am contacting their PR. Okay. Yeah. Their publicist, their manager, mm -hmm. whoever, any contact that I can find that's mm -hmm. like management. Okay. Um, I'll submit to them and I'll be like, hey, we're really interested in covering this show. Mm -hmm. um, I can offer this and this, you know, because every writer or photographer, mm -hmm. you know, not everyone is a photographer on my website. So yeah. If they can only offer a written coverage, then, you know, mm -hmm. you offer that. And you ask them if they could get put on the guest list. And usually you get approved. Um, and, yeah, so that's the process. That's awesome. Mm -hmm. um, so I have a technical question for you. Mm -hmm. So you had a web designer. 
Do you have any tips for journalists or artists or anyone who wants to have a website but may be intimidated by the technical part of it? Yes. Um, I would definitely, you know, contact someone who, you know, already has experience with web design mm -hmm. and stuff like that because it makes the process easier. Uh -huh. And there's someone who helps you and guides you through that. I would also say take some time to really figure out your website and all of the tools. The that layout. Yeah, exactly. Because mm -hmm. that's what will let you know what you can put on your website. You know, like okay. where you can put this and where you can put that and really start creating visually mm -hmm. your website. But you update all the articles and stuff by yourself. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So you're not locked into having a web designer who controls everything. Oh, no, no. Mm -hmm. And um, I think the nice thing about, you know, having websites is that with things like WordPress, you can mm -hmm. buy different templates that are yeah. not that expensive and change the layout or like put on your own uh, photos on there mm -hmm. and you know update it visually you know like keep it different mm -hmm. and add new things make it bigger like mm -hmm. you know you can change so much stuff with it now and I would say don't be scared by that it's, yeah. you know once you get the hang of it you just you got it and then it's just adding the content mm -hmm. you know it's interesting how you started that website so early in your career I mean mm -hmm. Um, I've had a website for a long time, and mine is completely free. Mm -hmm. Like, I use Weebly. Mm -hmm. What I chose for my website was a template that I could easily go in there and change. And mm -hmm. if I want to pick something different next month, I can go in there and pick a different layout. Or mm -hmm. just like WordPress, you can just change whatever you want. It's drag and drop. Right. I'm very much a fan of, like, being able to do something myself, mm -hmm. not having to, like, find somebody and then wait for them to be available to change my website for me. Yeah. No. So it's cool that you... You did get help because some business owners and entrepreneur type people are a little bit too much of the negative part of wanting to do everything where mm -hmm. you get distracted from your goal because you're trying to learn how to create a website. Mm -hmm. And maybe that's some, not something you should do. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, no. And um, the cool thing about that is that, like, if you have someone who is there helping you, then you can always turn to that person as a reference, like, when you need help. Mm -hmm. Um just figuring out technical stuff with yeah. your website. and Yeah, so if you are good at the technical stuff, then let that be what you focus on. Mm -hmm. But if not, then yeah. find somebody else. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you told me how you created the Sound Live. How did you get into journalism and photography? So uh, it's funny. Journalism has been a love of mine since I was... 12 years old Aww. yeah um it's not that long for you right exactly <laughs> but for me it feels like forever but yeah. um i had this really awesome teacher in middle school mm -hmm. and he gave us this homework where it was like i want you to write an essay like if you were a journalist mm -hmm. like a music journalist and he gave us all like numbers to pick out of yeah and each number was uh linked to an album an album that is considered classic or mm -hmm. just like best of all time. And w everyone chose like a number and they all got their album. And he had like Nirvana, The Beatles, mm -hmm. and like Metallica, all of these oh, artists. Oh, cool teacher. Yeah, nice. super cool. <laughs> yeah, and um, so after that, I chose a, a number and I forgot what band it was, but I was like, I don't like this band. Can I choose another number? <laughs> and he was like, yeah, sure, go ahead. And there were two numbers, and I chose one, and it was Metallica. Okay. And I was like, what's the other one? And he's like, it's Nirvana. And I'm like, oh, it would have been fine either way, you know? Yeah. like. But that was the first time that I really got like into journalism mm -hmm. through him. And just learned how to write about music because mm -hmm. he used to write for MTV back okay. when he was younger. Mm -hmm. And then he turned into a teacher. And so he always, you know, put that aspect of journalism in his teaching. Mm -hmm. And so I really fell in love with that whole process, like mm -hmm. listening to an album and critiquing it and, you know, just breaking it down. Yeah. And I got a perfect score on that essay. Yeah. And I was like... This is fun. I really like this. Yeah, it takes a good high school teacher to, like, bring out the interest in someone, mm -hmm. you know? Like, someone that you really, like, connect with. Exactly. And this was in middle school, you know? because oh, I was Yeah, wow. I was 12. And, yeah, it was middle school. So I was, like, really young. But when, you know, he taught us that, I was like, mm -hmm. I really love this. 
And photography, that one I got in through my uh, old director through LaGuardia who got me into, you know, meeting all of these people. Mm -hmm. And he was the one that was like, you know, buy a camera. Yeah. And start doing it on your own. Because the very first show I ever did, I was 18, and I did it with him. Mm -hmm. So I went as a writer, and he went as a photographer. Mm Because at the time, I had no idea how to work a camera. So we went together, and we covered Rodrigo and Gabriela Mm -hmm. at the Beacon Theater. I like them. Yeah. And so it was such a fun experience, and he's like, you know, I can't always go with you. (laughs) And I was like, yeah, yeah, basically. (laughs) But I was like, like, what do you mean? Like, this is scary. And he was like, no, like, just earn some money and, like, Mm -hmm. buy your camera and start doing it on your own. And I went to my parents, and they were like, sure, like, we'll buy you your camera, but, like, we hope you use it and, like, go and do something. And Mm -hmm. so I bought a Nikon camera Mm -hmm. and like a 50 millimeter lens which is super basic yeah and I just worked with that for about a year Mm -hmm. and then like a year later I got a larger lens Mm -hmm. and just keep on building like that but Mm yeah I'm self-taught in photography that yeah I never got took any classes yeah Never majored in any photography. Mm-hmm. LaGuardia courses. has a good photography program. Great, yeah. And you didn't take any of the classes. No, <laughs> nope. <laughs> nope. It was funny because I've met so many uh, photographers, mm-hmm. obviously, in uh, music journalism and concert photography. Mm-hmm. One of the main things that they all told me was don't go to school for it. Oh, Just okay. don't do it. They're Why? like. They're like, you know, photography is one of those things where you can do, like, learn it yourself. Mm-hmm. They're like, I'm making money, and I never went to school for it. You yeah. know, I never studied this in college. Mm-hmm. So you could go watch videos, really take the time to learn it, mm-hmm. and, you know, go out there. And the best way to learn is putting yourself in that, you know, yeah. that position and, like, just trying it out. You yeah. know, it's like you test it and see how it works, and that's how you grow. That's awesome. Mm-hmm. Um, were there any resources that you used to get you up to speed with photography or anyone you went to for help? Or um, My director, again, David, he helped me with really basic stuff. He's like, get Lightroom and, like, figure <laughs> it out. And he's he told me, Photo like... editing stuff. Yeah, right? and it was just really, really basic things what he taught me, but... Mm-hmm. Yeah, other than that, no, not really. It was just, like, me and YouTube and, like, videos, people who, like, post things up, Mm -hmm. you know, and you just learn because it's also, like, depending on your style, right? Like, how do you take photos and, like, one person could edit their photo, but it won't work for yours. So it it really Mm -hmm. is, like, just figuring it out on your Mm -hmm. own. And developing your style, which Mm -hmm. is, that's awesome. Yeah. Um. So we're at a concert. Mm-hmm. Do you have tips for any photographer who wants to take really good concert photos? Like you're in it, you're in the pit. It's mm-hmm. hot. Oh yeah, <laughs> yes. Uh huh. Um, I would say, and this is stuff again that I've learned after a year and a half of doing it is mm-hmm. angles really matter. Okay. Like where you stand. Um, it's really good to get like a good shot of the artist's face like from below um from from in front of them from preferably in front of them but like far far away where you you can see like their face you know not like have it blurred by anything that's like a mic in front Mm -hmm. of them or anything like that um that's a good tip because you know my my uh, director, he was like, you don't want anything blocking their face or like looking weird, like yeah. it's on their mouth or something. Yeah. You know, it's just it, it it's it looks weird. And mm-hmm. so, I would say that really focus on lighting too. Sometimes some venues give you really really bad lighting. So I think that figuring out the balance on your uh, camera, you know, and mm-hmm. Like getting good lighting. Yes, exactly. Mm -hmm. Getting good lighting because if not, you'll just get really bad photos. Like a lot of metal shows will give you really dark 
lighting yeah and it's terrible i mean i just went to one the other day and like the other photographer was just sitting like just standing there like i'm not even gonna bother taking photos in this (laughs) darkness because it's it's pointless like there is no light there's no light so what do you do in a situation like that when there's no light do you have a flash that you bring with you no you're not allowed you're not allowed so it's always first three songs um Mm -hmm. no flash yeah, so, I always see these people with their phones annoying in the crowd with their flash. Yeah. Like, you're not going to, the flash is not going to hit them from the back of R- the... Yeah, the no, <laughs> it's not going to work, especially not from your phone. Yeah. But, um, yeah, no flash. I would just say, try to crank up your ISO and yeah. then try to fix it when you get to a computer the best mm-hmm. that you can, you How know? do you fix it? I try to fix the contrast. It yeah. really helps. Um. So you like bring the blacks darker. Yeah, and exactly. The up. So it doesn't look that grainy. Because mm-hmm. when if it's a really dark photo and you bring up the exposure, it's yeah. like it, it gets all weird. it's super yeah. grainy and it just messes up yeah. your photo. Even if it's clear and totally in focus, it messes it up. Mm-hmm. So I would really say like your contrast. Um, that's really what I do most mm-hmm. of the time. Do you like wait for like? You know how there's like strobe light sometimes. Mm-hmm. You try to catch like when yes, the strobe light. Yes, <laughs> exactly. I timed that too. And um, that night that I was at the show, like mm-hmm. for a really really quick like moment during one mm-hmm. song, they had lighting, and I was yeah. like, yes, fine, yes, <laughs> and try my best. Like whatever you got, you got, and that's it. Wow. Yeah, and then you get kicked out. And sometimes that like metal shows if things get really crazy mm-hmm. and they start like crowd surfing to the front of the stage they kick you out before the three songs oh, oh so you can only stay for the first three yeah in the oh. photo pit yeah okay yeah but if it gets like what they feel like is dangerous and you're mm-hmm. gonna get like knocked out by someone's yeah. foot then they don't want to be liable exactly <laughs> so they kick you out and th- they're like mean too they'll be like get out yeah you're badass though you can handle it (laughs) (laughs) yeah i like to think so Um, you started with just a basic nikon i i noticed that a lot of photographers get caught up on their equipment Mm -hmm. and i feel like that's a myth and a problem for people they just want to buy the most expensive camera they think they need like all these like 10 lenses and all this stuff and then you don't even want to use your camera because you have to carry all this stuff right so what do you think about that? Like, what does your kit look like? And do yeah. you spend a lot of money on it? Like, so I think inevitably when you do anything with photography or film, you're going to spend a lot of money. It's just <laughs> yes. an expensive hobby. <laughs> so um, I think that that's just something that you should expect to mm-hmm. waste money. But I wouldn't say go out and buy, like, all these lenses, you know? Because yeah. like, if you're not going to profit off of it, then you're you're really just, like wasting money (laughs) right like you need to actually put it into something right like Mm -hmm. make videos or something really learn it but i would say in concert photography i think it's different because depending what venue you are shooting Mm -hmm. it matters what lens you have in terms of like how the distance Mm -hmm. so if i'm at like irving then my 25 to 70 millimeter lens is gonna be good Okay. Yeah. So, but I mean, if I'm shooting at like Radio City Music Hall, it's going to be really hard with that lens, you know? So I think it depends for concert photographers where you're allowed to shoot, Mm -hmm. really. And the lens that you have should let you know like where you should shoot, right? To get good pictures. Mm -hmm. Um, But I think a lot of it is style, a lot of it is what you learn. Mm It's it's not based on how much your lens cost. It's yeah. based on you, your vision, your photo, your style. Mm-hmm. You make that photo, you know. And it could it could be because I took some really nice photos with my fifty millimeter lens. Mm-hmm. You know, some of them came out really bad, but you yeah. know there were some that I really liked and I mm-hmm. still have. And it was the most basic lens. It was like yeah. fifty, a hundred bucks, something like yeah. that. You know, so. It, it doesn't really, m- I don't think it matters at all, like, how expensive it is. Mm-hmm. Um, as far as my kit, how it looks, 
I have a 24 to 70. I said okay. the wrong one before. So I have a 24 to 70 millimeter lens. Mm-hmm. And I have a 15 millimeter fisheye mm-hmm. that I like to use if I get to be really close to the yeah. stage. I've noticed that on your website, yeah. fisheye. I'm like, oh, I like that shot. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so I, I like using that if I get to be really, really close to the artist. Mm-hmm. Um, it just broadens the whole view yeah. and makes it look really pretty. Um, that's really all I have. I don't mm-hmm. go crazy, you know. I'm like a college student still, <laughs> you know, trying to get a job and, you know, yeah. work my way through it. So you're a student. What are you studying and what, what do you want to be? What's your goal? So I am transferring to NYU this, oh, up- cool. yeah, this upcoming um, month. Mm-hmm. And there I'll be majoring in communicative sciences and disorders and minoring in media, culture, and communication. Oh. So a lot of stuff with communications. Yes. Yes. Um, I, I'm really in love, and I've noticed this lately, like everything I do has to do with the ability to hear, like your ears. Yeah. So... Right, because if I couldn't hear, then I wouldn't be able to, like, write about all of this music. Yeah. And these musicians, they wouldn't be able to, you know, it all starts with your ears. And so it's really interesting because I've worked with deaf children, Mm -hmm. and I really fell in love with that. So I really want to find a way to mix both my love for music and my love for deaf deaf culture and deaf Mm -hmm. people, the deaf community. So in the future, I... I really want, have always wanted to be a doctor of some sort. Yeah. So I really want to, you know, get my doctorate in audiology. Mm-hmm. And then after that, I could do so many things, like go back to mm-hmm. school and like study music or like anthropology and like mm-hmm. write about music, history. Um, but I think that in the future, like I said, I really want to find a way where I can help the deaf community experience music. Yeah. And I think that it's something that hasn't really been done yet, you know, Mm -hmm. Um, at least not on a large scale. You know, like little schools, little programs have been Mm -hmm. done here and there, but not not like nationwide. And I think that it's really important uh, to have everyone experience music and the arts, like no matter what you're able to do. Mm -hmm. So that's definitely like a goal of mine. That's awesome. Mm-hmm. Um, so do you have any tips for writing great music-based articles? Um, because now everything's on the Internet mm-hmm. and everything's about getting clicks and making money for your ads and all these things. It's all about monetizing your website Right. Now. I say that with quotation marks. Yeah. Um, so do you have any advice for a journalist trying to keep up with today's web Internet crazy <laughs> version of journalism? Right. Well, number one, I would say, sadly... Uh, it makes me sad because I like to read, yeah. but people don't like to read. Oh. So I would say keep it somewhat short, you okay. know, uh, try to use like, you know, words that will bring people's eyes in, you know, like. Like headlines and stuff? Exactly. Okay. Um, really, you know, gather information about whatever it is that you're talking about, mm-hmm. like the artist. Um, I see that. Like, interviews really bring a lot of people in. So, like, mm-hmm. that's nice, getting, like, specific information about whatever it is that you're talking about, yeah. including links, mm-hmm. um, all of that stuff. Because even if you are writing, like, a journalistic article, you want to include social media links in there now mm-hmm. somehow because it's just so big. Yeah. You know, and people want to know, like, okay, you're telling me this, but... After that, where like, can I see pictures of this person? Exactly, is what they want. <laughs> exactly. Or where can I like follow them? Whatever, mm-hmm. keep up with them. And so I think that's important in whatever it is that you're writing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so you didn't study journalism. No. And how? So you learned from your class in um, junior high. Yeah. Well, <laughs> that's where I got the inspiration. Yeah. <laughs> that's where I got the inspiration. Other than mm-hmm. that, no. It's just been. I've taken a lot of like writing driven courses mm-hmm. at LaGuardia while I was there. Other than that, it was just been like reading journalistic mm-hmm. articles from other websites. I write for another uh website that's a sports 
website. Oh, yeah, cool. it's called uh, lowkickmma.com. Mm-hmm. And through there, because there I have, I, I write for someone else. So, like, mm-hmm. I have a boss there. Yeah. Um, he really gives me some pointers as well as, like, you know, what I should mm-hmm. do. Like, keep it short. Like, mention this. And, you know, things like that. Mm-hmm. So, I think it's just been, through every experience, I gained some knowledge. And yeah. journalism is so ever-changing. Mm-hmm. You know, it keeps changing. So, nothing sticks it's just you keep on moving and keeping up with what's going on Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. yeah I took a I was going to major in journalism Mm -hmm. when I first got into college Mm -hmm. and then I took all the prerequisites and I got up to the first journalism class and it was terrible and I hated it really and let me tell you it's nothing like the journalism that we do today and that was not even like 10 years ago wow well no it was probably that was not even like 15 years ago so it was completely different where did you go i feel old um (laughs) i went to baruch and i took a class and it was a fine class the teacher was fine but it was just all the rules drove me crazy yeah there are really like no set rules there's not like a way for you to be a journalist especially not now with all of this technology i mean Mm -hmm. i've been doing this since i was 18 i was straight out of high school Mm -hmm. never took any journalism courses i just Mm -hmm. it was like go out there and you learn you know and it's not like you shouldn't put any limitations on what you do it's like yeah you learn through the process yeah I would say that as well because mm-hmm. I like writing so much more now yeah. that I don't have to worry about what is AP format and all these different mm-hmm. things. So it's good that you're doing something that you have interest in. That always helps when you're mm-hmm. writing. If it's something that you couldn't care less about, it's like yeah. hard. Yeah. It's like a struggle and you're pulling. Right. <laughs> you're struggling always. Exactly. But um, there is something that like I always keep in mind, I, I always say, like, if you love to learn, mm-hmm. then you can learn anything. Like, if you fall in love with the process of learning and, like, struggling and, like, figuring out things, then you can learn whatever it is that, you know, you're supposed to do. Like, if I'm supposed to write something that, like you said, it's not necessarily in my field, I can mm-hmm. figure it out, you know, because I love to learn. So I'll, I'll struggle through it and just get, get it done. That's awesome. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I love to learn as well. Yeah. Um, what are you What are you learning now? Is there anything new that you want to branch off into? I've always wanted to do videos. Okay. Not necessarily starring myself because <laughs> <laughs> I'm not the biggest fan of, like, the camera and I stuff. <laughs> yeah. And so I, I really love writing and being, like, like I said, like the person in the background and, you know. Mm-hmm. So I've always wanted to do that. And it's funny because when I first started, I did a video interview. Mm-hmm. My very first one, I was like 19. Mm-hmm. I interviewed this metal band. I need to see this. Oh, my God. The way. We're going to share the link. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like it's so terrible, but it's funny because, like, the comments or or the likes that I got on there mm-hmm. was like, oh, this is a good interview. Yeah. Because I really like like to ask them whatever I want, right? Like that's yeah. your job. Yeah. Um, and it's really nice when you get all of your questions answered without mm-hmm. a limit. And so I did that interview. It was the lead singer of the band, Exhumed. Mm-hmm. And he was so nice. He just answered all of my questions. And it was like a 30-minute interview. That's awesome. Yeah, but it was just like him talking about like his views on metal now Mm -hmm. because he's been doing this since the 90s. And it was really, really insightful. And so I've always wanted to do that on a larger scale. But I think that'll be like down the road when I have more time, more money to invest into like all of the equipment, Mm -hmm. um, people who can help. And mm-hmm. then it, it also goes back to, like, do does the publicist allow you to yeah, do it? Yeah, because that's a whole nother level. Exactly. And so, you know, I get, whenever I submit and my, I f- submit for my photographers, I get one ticket and a mm-hmm. photo pass. One you for them. you got to get a them. whole video team in Exactly. There. So how do you get approval for, like, a whole team? They want to... Uh, s- you can do it yourself. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. True. But then mm-hmm. it also... It's a whole circle. It's like, I need the equipment. You don't. Okay, mm. this is my field, right? <laughs> <laughs> She's like, I'm going to school you. Yeah. <laughs> so if you want to be in the 
in the shot. Mm-hmm. Do you do you want it to be a two-person interview where we see you ask the question and then we see them? Or do you want it to be more like we're just looking at them the whole time and maybe you're going to cut out your best par- parts? I think it should always be interactive. So two people. Yeah, so then you need two cameras. You need one more camera person then. Mm-hmm. So you would do your camera where you're shooting the person mm-hmm. you're interviewing. And you'd have someone else shoot you mm-hmm. from the other angle. And lighting... You don't need that much lighting. Mm-hmm. I'm telling you. <laughs> with cameras, it's different. Yes. With video, you, I would always say you should have lighting, but then I'm a perfectionist, and I studied video production, and I'm, like, professional video producer. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> but if you want to just start out, I would say just get one light. I have a ring light at home that's amazing. It's like a mm-hmm. circle, and it's, um, like, two feet wide a circle yeah and you can light up a whole room with it like oh. you just put it near their face pretty yeah. much because it needs to we need to just see their eyes that's yeah. all i worry about when i'm shooting if i'm mm-hmm. not being like a pro- super perfectionist yeah. about something um and then it's just place them in a good spot where the shot looks good and yeah. you already know photography mm-hmm. don't place them up against the wall pull yeah. them out a little bit yeah sit you guys in a cool position where it looks interesting in the room and then the, the hardest part is getting good answers out of them. So yeah. if they're not a dick and you oh, get to yeah. ask them questions <laughs> yeah. where they're like actually answering you, then it's going to be a great interview. I yeah. mean, people just want to see their the person that they know and see mm-hmm. you ask them the questions and what their answers are going to be. Of course. I think, um, like I said, it's definitely something that I want to do. Mm-hmm. And it's good to know those tips. Yeah. Um, for when I do get my second camera, yeah, because we're on a budget, so. Well, I would say you don't. Your camera doesn't need to be that great. So, right. The shot of you. I mean, yeah. just an iPhone. But the second camera. <laughs> the sh- use your Nikon. It has video. Right, but was where's the other? The other camera have an iPhone. Someone with an iPhone on a tripod. Tripod is very important. Right. Yeah. Of course. <laughs> Don't want it I just shaking. wanted to say that for yeah. anyone who's like, thinking I'm saying, like, just have someone hold an iPhone. Like, no, Mm-mm. I'll kill you. Don't do that. <laughs> yeah, have them be shaking the yeah, whole no, time. Yeah, so bad. Yeah. But, yeah, mm-hmm. there's, like, very basic things you can do to get a pretty decent video. Right. And when it comes down to it, it's more about the interview and the questions. Um, and that's kind of why I do the podcast mm-hmm. because I like interviewing people and not having to worry about all the videos right? All and then the editing and all that stuff. Yeah. It's more like I get to just ask my questions to cool people mm-hmm. and then that's it. Right. <laughs> it's yeah. Done. Of course. It's just audio. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. So that could be another option for you. It's yeah. Podcast. Mm-hmm. I agree. Audio interview. We'll see. I think it's definitely like plans that I'm making down the road. And yeah. Hopefully, it continues to get bigger, and mm-hmm. I keep getting people who are interested. Yes. Is there anything else you want to say about journalism, photography? Mm, I would definitely say um, to anyone who wants to, you know, start doing it, mm-hmm. just create your own outlet. You know, nowadays with technology, everyone looks down on it, right? Because people say that it's not credible. Like, it's not credible journalism. But a website? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, people who have graduated with yeah. so-and-so degree. Um, I think that you need to forget about that. And mm-hmm. really, nowadays, it's, like I said before, it's ever-changing. And if someone wants to do it, don't wait for someone to give you that opportunity. You mm-hmm. could go ahead and do it yourself. Start local. Start with, yeah. like, meeting local musicians or whatever it is that you're your field that you want to pursue, mm-hmm. you know, just start local and you grow, you know, with mm-hmm. time, you just have to keep on going. But yeah, that's, that's what I wanted to say. Like, don't be limited and don't feel like you need to wait for someone to mm-hmm. open that door for you because you could definitely just create it yourself. Yeah. And work for yourself. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. And what I like about your website is, um, well, I actually took a branding w- webinar today, mm-hmm. like to learn more about branding. And it was saying, you know how you know logo and website is important but mm-hmm. what's really important is like your manifesto and your um the way you described it was uh, w- what is it that you believe in mm-hmm. and that you support and so i like your website because you support local photographers mm-hmm. you're giving them a chance you're also supporting local musicians and it's not just a website where you need a, an agent and a music yeah. label to get on it. It's mm-hmm. you're covering bands that people actually listen to. Yeah. And giving photographers a chance where they 
they would just be posting it on their Facebook or mm-hmm. whatever, you know, like exactly <laughs> giving somebody experience, which is very, very important. Yeah. Thank you. So I love that. Thanks. But you're the music expert. So let's talk music. <laughs> let's do it. Who is your favorite artist or band and why? Oh, my gosh. That is such a hard question. So many more hard questions. <laughs> for you. Well, um, I'm going to go ahead and say Alter Bridge is my favorite band. Alter Bridge. Mm-hmm. Yeah, of all time. Just because I've been listening to them for so long uh, since I was like a little girl. And I feel like they're so underrated. They are. So if people don't know who they are, the guitarist is Mark Tremonti, who used to be the lead guitarist of Creed. Yes. And and it, if you have any bad opinions about Creed, don't <laughs> put it on Alter Bridge because it's so different. Um, yeah. Such a different sound. and like The singer is amazing. He is so good. So I've been able to meet them twice. Oh, wow. And they're so, like, such sweethearts. I met them when I was 17, and mm-hmm. then I met them again when I was 19. Mm-hmm. They're so nice. Were um, you interviewing them or photographing No, them? I went as a fan. Oh, cool. I was just like, I love you guys so much. <laughs> I don't care. I take my money. Like, I'm going to go see you and meet you guys. I, cu- I go every time they come. Oh, that's um, awesome. Yeah, because I just love them so much, and their music is so uplifting. Like, mm-hmm. it's not what people usually like think of rock they think it's sad yeah this is so not the case their music is super uplifting Mm -hmm. and so that's that's one of the reasons why i really love them second yes the singer he is amazing yeah my miles kennedy miles kennedy yeah Mm -hmm. so he is just so good his vocal range is unbelievable Mm -hmm. and if people haven't heard his side stuff with slash yeah that was really good definitely you know go and listen to their albums um you know he's that good that slash wanted him i know like (laughs) that should tell you something for guns and roses like he was singing for them at some concert i forgot what it was yeah he's covered a lot of their stuff he's he also did something for led zeppelin Okay. Yeah. Wow. Uh-huh. He's done a lot, a yeah. lot of things. He, he has just, a great voice. Yeah, amazing. I just feel like they don't get the credit they deserve often. Mm-hmm. You know, like people don't really know about them. Yeah. No, they're not that mainstream. Yeah. Yeah. So many bands, like back in high school that I listened to, and those are the bands that I still listen to. It's kind of mm-hmm. weird. And you're, you're much younger, but so it's more recent for you, but... Do you feel like you're still listening to the same bands or are you how do you expand your your music to new artists? So I definitely I feel like and I often post this I'm like I feel like I'm living in the 90s musically yeah. um because I listen to so much stuff from the 90s. So I feel like in a way I am stuck in the past. Yeah. But the nice thing of running a music website is you get new music yeah. through your email. So, like, all of these publicists will, you know, approach me and be like, I have this up-and-coming band, mm-hmm. and, you know, would you mind listening to them? And I, that's... that's awesome. Yeah. yeah. So, I just get, like, albums sent Directly. out. Yeah, <laughs> sent out to me, and I get to listen to them, and yeah. from all over the country, I get them, and that's really how I expand my music taste, you know, mm-hmm. through the publicist and hearing who's, like, really coming up in whatever yeah. genre and they'll be featured on like Loudwire or something like that mm-hmm. and like that would be the new hot thing and mm-hmm. yeah that's how I start listening to other bands but definitely like the 90s is my where my heart is at I feel like yeah. musically is there a band that you that you liked from the 90s where th- you feel like they have evolved and you've evolved with them mm, I feel like Deftones Okay. Yeah. I've seen them in concert. Let me this be- for like a second. <laughs> I've seen them in concert three times, mm-hmm. and I don't even like them. Wow. They just are always opening for whatever band I'm going to oh, see. Oh, okay. And I'm like, oh, Deftones again. By the way, hi, Oscar. Oscar is my <laughs> concert buddy who you have to meet. Okay. We always go to concerts together, and there's always the Deftones every time. I can't. Do you not like them? I don't think. I'm. I'm sorry. I don't think. They're that great. They're a little bit, like, they down me. They, like, bring me down a little bit. I'm offended now. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm, I'm joking. sorry I offended the guests. <laughs> That's so funny. Um, so, yeah, I saw them open up for Incubus oh, last year. 
in Philadelphia or in New Jersey or in New I York? saw them in LA because at oh, the time I was staying in LA. So I saw them at the forum. And I was in shock that yeah. they were opening up for Incubus. What? You're I'm crazy. just saying. They're going to fight. Yeah, totally. Fight. I went to that concert <laughs> in uh, New Jersey. Oh, okay. And I had bronchitis and I had no voice. Oh, and no. I couldn't sing along. I was very upset. Yeah, that would break <laughs> my heart. I'd be like, why am I here? Yeah. <laughs> it was a very interesting experiment. Oh, okay. Yeah, no, I wouldn't be able to. I want to be able to sing with you. Yeah. Yeah. But, yeah, I feel like they're a band who I listened to when I was, like, 12, yeah. too. And I heard their earlier stuff, and, you know, they changed their sound very, like, little by little, mm -hmm. you know. It wasn't anything drastic, but I feel like they've definitely evolved in mm -hmm. different ways. And they're also one of the only new metal bands to, like, get respect. Really? Yeah, like, on a wider scale. Mm-hmm. From, and because I say this because I'm mostly like centered on the in the metal scene, mm -hmm. and metal is all about like, oh, this isn't metal enough. Yeah. Or, you know, this isn't like heavy enough. It has but to be Slayer, or it's not good enough. Exactly, <laughs> like something really heavy and like good, whatever. She said it, with quotation Exactly, mark. like whatever <laughs> that means. And, but I feel like Deftones is one of those bands that just gets like a ton of respect, mm -hmm. no matter what from all genres all scenes yeah. and um yeah i really love them i think they're great musicians <laughs> that's all i'm gonna say okay i just um, i don't listen to their music mm. i don't jam to it yeah i i was jamming to them on my way here yeah the coolest time i saw them was at this, when they opened for system of a down oh in jones beach and it rained and it was like thunder and lightning and cl dark ass clouds above, and it was the coolest looking thing. I yeah, yeah. I could have taken out my camera because mm -hmm. my phone was getting ruined from the rain. Oh, but it was the cool. Like if anyone got shots of that night, it was really cool because they're like playing all this like dark music, yeah. and then it's like thunder and lightning. It was so cool. That's amazing. Yeah, yeah. I've seen them way too many times. Yeah, it sounds <laughs> like it. You will become a fan someday. One day, one, one day. Yeah. But the band that I like that um, has evolved like with not with me, but like past me in a way. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I'm trying to keep up with them. Is RX Bandits. Huh. Do you know them? No, I've no, never. You, you've got to get on that. Okay, yeah. Um, so when I was in high school, they were playing like ska. Mm. And I was like, nah, I don't really like this. And then everyone liked them, but I, I was like, no, I don't like mm -hmm. this. And then somehow college went by. Like I was in FYE when that mm. existed. And I was looking at like CDs and I started listening to the preview of it and I was like oh man I love this song and it was from their album called Mandala mm. and it was so weird it was like alternative completely different than the ska stuff mm -hmm. so I started with that and that and then they came out with all these new albums and then I was like wait but they have all these other albums and I yeah. went backwards and I love all of their stuff now yeah and I would have never appreciated it back in high school that's funny I feel like some things you just will not appreciate depending on like where you are in life yeah but you will like somewhere down the road you know because you change yeah and then it's like something will appeal to you later mm -hmm. on or whatever appeals to you now won't appeal to you later on yeah yeah it's funny how music you know you grow with it mm -hmm. you know and some things you just leave behind yeah mm -hmm. are there any um guilty pleasure bands that you've left behind Oh, my God. <laughs> you like, one embarrassing band or musician. I don't know what's, emba like, embarrassing. <laughs> I don't, because I don't want to say that any of them are embarrassing, but I will say that it is, like, it was super important for me at some point in my life. Mm -hmm. And you just grow up, you know, you leave That's a true. certain phase or a mm -hmm. certain part of your life behind. And then you, and that includes music. You just leave it all yeah. behind. But I would definitely say like my chemical romance, that was yeah. my thing growing yeah. up all the time. My walls were plastered with their posters, wow. my binders. I had like pictures taped on them. Mm. I had lyrics all over my wow. books. Like I was a super fanatic and they're definitely one of those bands that they were really important to me at a certain part of my life. And I I feel like they meant to me, like a lot to me at that yeah. time. But 
you know, you just grow up and you leave, start, like, you feel better. I feel like my chemical romance was so attached with, like, darkness and the yeah. emo culture and all of that, and which I definitely was at some yeah. point. But I feel like I grew up, you know, and I'm just, like, not there anymore. Mm -hmm. And I'll listen to their music now, and I'll appreciate it in an entirely different way mm -hmm. from the way that I listened to it when I was 12. Yeah. yeah. It's like memories in a way. Definitely nostalgic, yeah, and memories. But now I just find different meaning in the lyrics. Mm -hmm. Like, oh. way different. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You said how you discover new music is it's sent to you. So mm -hmm. that's amazing. Yeah. <laughs> you don't have to do a lot of work. But um, are you, do you usually like one genre or, I mean, the way the genres are now, it kind of changes. It's not the same as we're used to. Everything right. is different. <laughs> I am definitely like a rounded person when it comes to genres. Mm -hmm. I listen to everything, but I I always say like my heart is in rock and metal and that's really where mm -hmm. I'm at. Um, that's what I enjoy the most. Um, other than that, I will listen to a lot of other genres and mm -hmm. I'll get sent like stuff from hip hop artists, mm -hmm. um, which I love too. Um, but I just, I'm not necessarily like centered in that mm -hmm. genre. But one of the reasons why I called my website The Sound Live was because I wanted to keep all doors open. Okay. I didn't want it mm -hmm. to be like. Not like metal sound. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Um, or, like, all of these other websites where just by hearing the name, you know it's, like, related to that genre. Yeah. I didn't want that. I wanted it to be open, like, because one day I might want to go and, like, cover a country show. Yeah. Or a hip-hop show or whatever whatever it is, mm -hmm. any kind of festival. Or my photographers, they're all, like, all over the place in terms yeah. of genres. So I, th I really wanted to keep it open Good. for anything. Um. What was the last album you purchased? So the last album I purchased was this band called Citizen Zero. Mm -hmm. And I got them, like their press release sent to me from their publicist. They're from Detroit. Mm -hmm. And I mean, I know that they're like, you know, getting some publicity through mm -hmm. like Loudwire and stuff like that. But they're not there yet. Mm -hmm. um, and I, like, went to check out their Facebook. And they're, they're not blowing up or anything. But the singer is so good. Yeah. Like, his voice is just really, really powerful. And so I, that, I love that album. It's called State of Mind. That was the last album I purchased. And I, I really will go and, like, seek out these bands that are, like, really trying to get out there mm -hmm. and, like, are underground but like you can hear that they could be on the verge of like yeah. breaking through yeah. and and they're one of those bands that i feel like will break through sooner or later mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. that's awesome yeah um speaking of albums i i had an assignment for you <laughs> i asked you to come up with your three favorite albums of all time Go. Yes. Um, <laughs> so this is in no particular order. Okay. Uh, it's just based on, like, how I feel about the music. And for some of them, yeah, like, the impact it had on the history of music. Mm -hmm. So uh, the first one I will say is Apple by Mother Love Bone. So they, super underrated band, and that's mm -hmm. because the lead singer, Andrew Wood, passed away before the band ever, you know, did anything bigger. Mm -hmm. But they were supposed to be the first band to really break through from the grunge scene in Seattle. So forget about Nirvana, forget about, like, mm -hmm. Alice in Chains, all of that. Had Andrew Wood lived, I don't know that Nirvana would have become that popular. Yeah. And I don't know that grunge would have been, like, like what we, like, connect grunge to like all of this sadness and mm -hmm. this gloominess i don't know that it would still be considered that okay and i i say that because andrew wood is well used to be very flamboyant and used to wear all of these poppy colors but they were still grunge yeah yeah and so they're one of the the out like 
artist and their album is one of the best for me. For me, it's Jimmy Eat World Futures. Oh, yes. Yeah. Yeah. Because that I feel as an album and why I asked you specifically album is because a lot of new song, a lot of new albums now, mm -hmm. quotation marks, are just a collection of songs. But I feel like the Futures album mm -hmm. is an album. It right. has a beginning, it goes somewhere, it brings you places, it goes back down, mm -hmm. it has all these emotions and the songs really flow together. Right. And so I really love that album. Mm -hmm. Okay. Number two? Number two for me, um, Blackbird by Alter Bridge. I, mm -hmm. That album is just so, so good. And like you said, it really like, it's heavy in the beginning and then it gets soft in mm -hmm. some parts and then brings it back up. Like we said before, Miles, his voice is just amazing. Yeah. And lyrically, it's one of my favorite albums of all time. Yeah. So my next one is Rx Bandit's Mandala that okay. I talked about before. Mm -hmm. And it's another really weird, brings you places kind of album. Awesome. I have to write these down. And we'll put our top three in the, in the description. Yeah, also. definitely. Um, so number three for me, mm -hmm. is Around the Fur by Deftones. Okay. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> She's like, I don't really want to hear it. I've heard that album, yeah. I actually have heard it. <laughs> okay, but um, I, I say that album because it was with me throughout, like, my teens. Mm -hmm. And I was, like, this angry, depressed yeah. teenager. And it was super cathartic and therapeutic for me Yeah. when I was going through that time. And so, like, Chino's voice... To me, it's, he's one of the best vocalists. Like, mm -hmm. what he could do with his voice, yeah. the effects, it's just amazing. Mm -hmm. And so I I love that album, and I listen to that album every day. Really? Yes. The whole album? Uh, not, maybe not the whole album, okay. but, like, I'll jam <laughs> to it. Like, I was just jamming to it when I was on yeah. the like coming on the train here. Yeah. yeah. And another thing that makes a great album is when you hear one song in your shuffle, and you start thinking of the next song in the album. Yeah, That yeah. means it's a good album. Yes, <laughs> totally. And um, I, that's how I feel about that album yeah. entirely. Yeah, my my other third pick is the same reason because I it was all through it was all with me through college and it was just means a lot to me. It was Absolution by Muse. Oh, it was one of their first yeah. albums. Mm -hmm. Really, really good. I've never heard that album either. It's really good. Wow. And he has a voice that is very. Um, his range is amazing. Yes, I would say. Mm -hmm. And I've seen Muse in concert a lot, but they they play a lot bigger venues like yeah. MSG, and I I really am dying to see them in like a smaller venue. Me too. So I could be closer to them. I've never like taken the time to listen to their stuff, but every time they come, they come to these huge venues, and mm -hmm. I I would love to see them somewhere more intimate. Yeah, you know, and um, I think that it makes you feel closer and makes yeah. you like actually hear the music and yeah. like you know it's just a different experience from being at msg well the big the good part about muse is their show is amazing mm. like they put a lot into their stage show mm -hmm. they throw like stuff into the crowd like balloons and stuff like there's yeah. a lot going on they're usually on pedestals like oh. flying in the air like yeah. it's you know it's very highly produced right. highly produced so I don't want to take that away from them, but okay. I would just really like to see them like play an acoustic show or something, which mm -hmm. which I've seen Taking Back Sunday do. I've seen oh, that more okay. than anyone else is in concert. Mm -hmm. They played an acoustic show and it was really awesome. Yeah, those are the best. Yeah. Yeah. So you started this website. You already contact people to go to shows mm -hmm. and you already know how to, how to get into a concert uh, to cover it. How do you get people to come to you to give you albums and stuff like that? I feel like once you've been, you know, you've had your website up for a while mm -hmm. and you have a lot of stuff posted on it, they will just start coming to you. Like so okay. a lot of a lot of publicists I have never heard of, like never spoken mm -hmm. to. Um and you'll just get offered these shows and these albums. Like, they will reach out to you and see, like, if you respond. And um, sometimes they, like, won't write again if mm -hmm. you don't respond. But other times they will send you out all of their artists that oh, they have. Okay. Um, so, really, I feel like it's one of those things where once you have your website up mm -hmm. and it's uh, – people find it. You know, people find it somehow and 
So then they just end up contacting you. That's awesome. So you just have to be persistent and don't give up. Definitely. You know, keep updating your stuff, keep posting, and mm-hmm. it'll come yeah. for sure. Great. So you can check out Myra's website at thesoundlive.com and on Facebook and Instagram at The Sound Live. I'll put those links in the description below. As for me, I'm filmmaker, artist, and your host, Laura Mioli. You can connect with me getting creative tips and inspiration on social media, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, at Loudavision. And you can listen to more of these podcasts, read my blog, watch my videos, and contact me. Just go to loudavision.com and subscribe to my email list to be the first to hear all new episodes. If you like what you've heard, please rate and review this podcast on iTunes, SoundCloud, or YouTube, wherever you listen. Thank you for listening, but don't go away. Since you like podcasts so much, here's another podcast which you would love. I'll let them tell you about it. Hey, y'all, I'm Courtney Hinton of VerveHouseCollective.com. Verve House Collective is all about creatives, entrepreneurs, and those who want to live an awesome life full of intention. Again, that site is VerveHouseCollective.com, and we'd love to see you. Good morning, Indubians and future friends. I am T. Sterling Watson from the Indu Podcast, and I invite you to stop by and press play. The Indu Podcast is a little bit of everything, just like myself. Topics include entertainment, nerd culture, pop culture, intellectual chats, spirituality, positivity, music, or magic, if I misread my own handwriting. You can find me on iTunes, Indu.com, and Indu.podbean.com. The podcast and this ad is a 3SFX production.